You are listening to Gabriel and Lee at the Crossroads. Hello, everybody. This is Gabriel and Lee at the Crossroads with Pastor Stephen Maffei. Today, he's joining us. I thought it was a good idea because um, I have very similar interactions off the show, off air, when we're not recording. Anyways, I share a lot of the same articles with Gabriel as I do with Stephen. And uh, I just thought, hey, why not um, put these two guys together in a room and start recording? So. Thank you for joining us, Stephen. Hey, Amen. I'm well, glad then. that you finished that sentence up. It made me a little nervous. <laughs> yeah. guys in the room. I was like, where are you going with this? I was like, well, um, well, as long as we have someone there with us, this, this I want to witness. This is take two, so so hopefully uh, yeah. it's going to be okay. We'll be fine. <laughs> no, we were talking about Warren on the Mount Rushmore and, and Jack, Jack Black. Jack, Jack Black, Black. Black. He's, gonna go to, he's not going to heaven? If, well, he, if he doesn't repent. He if he doesn't. Yeah, he needs yeah. to repent. Yeah. He's had, he has everything. He's a rock and roller. He's a Jew. What else do you want in life, right? But yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It's really cool to be here with you, and and I haven't had a chance to meet you, Gabriel. So it's it's cool. Good to meet you. you. Yeah, yes, sir. Welcome, and thanks for coming in. I know, uh, I don't know what Lisa has told you, but I hope you're comfortable, and we're not here to to get you, catch you. What do you call it? Gotcha. Get, get, we're gotcha. not here to gotcha, but to have a conversation. Amen. Yeah, it's really cool, and I I think that that uh, like Lisa, we have a lot of the same same type of thoughts and ideas and and it's really nice to be able to share those ideas in any way that you can especially with with uh, saying like this it's really really comfortable that it, there's no sound on a Sunday so peaceful it, it's really nice yeah, yeah it's very nice I had no idea this place was even here and I drove by it all the time oh so you're oh, okay yeah my, my parents lived down the street okay and I actually used I worked at the building where is it just a couple a couple blocks down for like a, a little while so I never realized this was here I thought there would be nothing but like dental dental offices and like <laughs> chiropractic offices here it's cool that there's a, a, a gathering place here right. yeah it's been here what like five or six years something like that that's awesome I started coming two years ago through like a mutual friend of the pastor here okay yeah it's awesome and then that's how you met Lee and that's how I met Lee and at the crossroads, and it's always full circle because uh, wasn't it Ariel Mesa mm-hmm. that brought you in? Yep. Yeah, he was the one, and and that the gum or the glue that that brought uh, you get it <laughs> <laughs> the gum and the glue that stuck it all together was uh, Peterson Jordan B Peterson Doctor Peterson. Oh no way! Yeah. Okay. I started listening to his, his YouTube his lectures online on YouTube, and. I was uh, talking with Ariel, and then he's like, oh, I know somebody who's interested in him, too. You should come by. We meet. That's cool. So then, yeah, that's how it all came through, and we actually got to see him in Long Beach. I had That was the second time I had seen him. I was in, uh, I saw him in downtown L.A. also and bought his books. I bought, like, three of his books, gave two of them away. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. He's a really deep thinker. Oh, Sometimes yeah. you got to read it twice. You're like, oh, I see where he's going with that. Mm-hmm. So you you listen to his stuff or read yeah, his book? Yeah, he has a lot of stuff about like self perception and and uh, and he gets a lot into the human psyche and the reasons why like we do things mm-hmm. and the way he I like I like I kind of like the way he he talks you through like uh, suppositions and also 
like through examples, like everyday example, like, oh, when guys talk about this, what they're really saying is this. And mm-hmm. the way you, so he kind of like talks through things. I don't, I haven't read any of his books. And honestly, I'm not like a, I'm not a huge novel reader. I like, uh, I like things in small, small uh, sample sizes, but it's not something that I'll rule out. I just kind of started getting into the reading the book things. I guess that makes me an official adult now. But <laughs> I've always kind of, I've always, thank you, I've always kind of run away from large readings. I'd rather the bite-sized stuff, um, unless it's a comic book thing. But I, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I think I'll get to it at some point soon, but I, I just got through a, I just got through a, um, a like a ty- type of prophecy, a prophet, or what is it called? Yeah, a prophecy book by Dr. J- David Jeremiah. That was pretty good. Ooh, so yeah. Was that the? The signs. Science, okay. Yeah, the science, yeah. So that that was cool. But yeah, so maybe I'll get into to, uh, the, the Peterson stuff. We'll have to at least send him clips of the biblical series. Yeah. I think he'll, he'll really like those. That's, oh, yeah? That's really good. He goes, he gets up to, uh, I forget, Exodus. He gets uh, through Genesis. Oh, really? And he, his perspective is the psychological significance of the stories. Um, at the, he, he has to take, like two episodes like two lectures in to like even start the the genesis one that's yeah so he's just, just like setting it up yeah, yeah he's setting up the first first two like one and a half episode or uh lectures but yeah i've been fascinated by his stuff so yeah that's a side conversation we can have yeah. Yeah. yeah well and it's really cool that something good finally came from canada so <laughs> We were just kidding. We were. There's, there's plenty of nice things hey, from Canada. Uh, Steve Nash is cool. Wayne Gretzky. Uh, but it's funny that that a lot of their big <laughs> achievements. Like, uh, I'm out a lot of their, their big achievements actually happened on U.S. soil, though. So it's kind of. No, we. It's funny. We were just <laughs> before you got here. We were just talking about how I was listening to Daniel Tosh talking about Canada, and he's like Canadians. He's like they really shouldn't be bragging too much about anything. He's like, because they have this huge buffer zone called the United States of America. Yeah. So he's like, so anytime they're in trouble or, you know, they, they offend a different, you know, different government or, or foreign dignitary, it's always like, oh, what are you going to do about it? Well, well, my big brother, the U.S., is going to step in. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's really it. Yeah, it, it, yeah, Canada is a mess. And I, I heard their population is like tiny, though, so. Right. I feel like I feel like the U.S. was smart. They would just bully them for some of their land and then call it a day. But that's something else. It's like you're not doing anything with this land, anyways. We have like I don't know how many, how many millions of Mexicans that could probably do some really cool things with that land. Just hand it over. Laying out the facts here. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But maybe maybe for maybe for another day. <laughs> yeah. You got a long list there. I know he's maybe got his book out and everything. Make me nervous. I know. I like you guys bring doctor. your books? No, no one told me about my books. Oh man. Yeah, I should have brought my books. <laughs> I feel like Lee's gonna go through my physical. <laughs> When's the last time you had some I know. some vegetables? Jeez. Do you stretch? I can't even tell you. Do you floss every I, night? Yeah. He's in a, What's your he's uh, in blood a, pressure? He's been asking me about my... my never mind. So, <laughs> so Let's go and skip that. Yeah. That's uh, PG, behind the scenes. It would have been PG-13. I wouldn't have gone rated R, I promise. <laughs> I don't think we've gone past PG-13, have we? I don't think so. PG? I think PG. I don't know. Well, you just never know. The Bible gets into some pretty deep stuff. So. Oh. Who, who was it that said that? A joke in regards to if they made the Bible into a movie, it would be rated R? It 100% would be. There's no yeah, way, right? There's no way. It would. I mean, what would you do with Song of Solomon? Dear Lord. <laughs> what would you do with that? 
Like, you, like you're trying to explain it to your kids. Yes, yeah, sweetheart. Um, he's saying he loves her a lot. A lot. <laughs> well, because you're like, yeah, I, I should leave that alone. <laughs> when you get married, you can read that book. For now, it's taped off. Right. That's like in the no-go zone. Yeah, for, for kids. That I actually forgot about that. That was uh, that's pretty brutal. I mean, a lot of the stories are brutal. I mean, we just got through Cain and Abel. That's brutal. Yeah. You go and kill your brother. Yeah, right off the bat, too. It's like... You don't, you don't even go have to go that many generations, just that next generation. It's that day one. Figure th- God, people figure out so many different ways to be evil. So It's not hard to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. But, uh... So... <laughs> no easy way to transition out of There's never an easy. <laughs> so, hamburgers, do you like them? <laughs> medium rare? Oh, man, I can't do medium rare. No? Ah, I love medium rare. It's the best. You like medium rare, huh? Yeah. I, I mean, I could, yeah, medium to well done. I could somewhere in between. I feel like well done is like just just trash it right at, at that point. <laughs> You can cook it, but just trash it right after. Good, good try. So, <laughs> Esteban, so being that, like I mentioned before, with regards to um, being a pastor and a youth leader, and uh, I was telling Gabriel that um, I think your your guys's youth ministry in, at Acción, you guys utilize social media pretty well. Um, but being in the in the position of leadership, is there is there anything that you see that has impacted the youth, like as far as um, Christian believers, in regards to social media? Is that like like a broad social media, like in terms of like oh, I guess we individual could, posts or just or just the social media ministry? You mean just in general, um, like trends or like yeah, like. So I know you guys do a really good job. I mean, I don't even go to, I don't go to, I don't attend the Church of Sion, but just being a follower of your account, it's really easy for me to. Oh, see like what's going on? Yeah. So is that, is that something that like. Well, we, um, we haven't even had that, that Instagram account um, on for too long. It's been a few years, but we, our thoughts were. We're pretty simple, and and then I think we just recently streamlined it that everything should be Christ centric. Mm-hmm. There, there's some times where people get I feel like people get a little too cute with their <laughs> their ministry page, and it's like, yeah, I understand Star Wars is is cool, but like, what does that really have to do with Jesus? So, so uh, when I was talking to the girls that run it, it said everything should be Christ centric, and it should give people a little bit of a glimpse into what our church is like and what what we're doing and it should also it always should be something that if it's not event driven it should be motivational inspirational something to pull people in and I feel like I feel like the young people really need to get comfortable in identifying with with who Christ is because it's really easy to go on someone's page or or to to post something and make, make it me 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 and that's why I think I don't personally use social media a lot is because I don't want it to seem like, oh man, this guy is just, he shops so much or he, 
he's so stuck up or whatever. Maybe I'm too like, I'm too con- I'm I'm too cognizant of that. But I think there are so many great ways to lift up Christ that social media should be a part of it. And um, and we've been talking this this month. Our theme has been um, to go and tell, go and tell about what God has done for your life. And out of out of Mark five nineteen about the demon possessed man, how God or Jesus heals him, and he wants to follow Jesus. And God, Jesus says, "No, go back home and tell everyone of the wonderful things God has done for your life." And and I think that we have to take that that approach and use that in social media and not necessarily water it down but also don't come on too strong it's just always something that's like Jesus centric and it really does have to be a way of life because if it's not a way of life then it's just a side it's a side thing Jesus has to be the main course and everything else around it can can be fun and be cute but if there's if there's no meat and there's no potatoes and it's not then it's not something that's going to fill you up and Christ is the only thing that can fill you up amen Next, the reason why I say that is because um, obviously with the younger generation, just the, the means of communication has completely changed. Like, I think uh, some studies show, like, amongst millennials, like, answering a, a phone that's ringing is, like, one of the most terrifying things that they can do. I've heard that, <laughs> which is weird. It's just weird. It's still terrifying for me. Yeah. <laughs> depends on who's calling. Yeah. Depends on who's calling. So, no, I just I just figured I'd... I'd, I'd uh, I throw you a softball, softball pitch. I like I like softballs. <laughs> softballs, softballs are cool because softball pitch because like a question, I know, I know. when you throw the hard ball, you, you, if you get hit in the face, it's it's good night. Softballs are cool. Like no, the batting cages. Yeah, because I I mean I just know that um, again amongst mm-hmm. young people there's there can be a lot of drama with social media. Mm-hmm. So so I know like with you know you having to to overlook a. A youth ministry or youth a youth group, I should say. I'm sure it has its challenges with, with yeah, a with little how, bit. like oh, so and so said this about me, well, or yeah, so and so posted that, and they shouldn't have, and yeah, there've been a couple a couple times where um, there was an argument in the youth group, and and literally these girls were <laughs> they're making these posts that look like they're positive, but if you looked at it, they were actually calling someone out. Oh, okay. like oh, I'm thankful for God because I have true friends. Oh. They're always going to have your back. And the other ones, just give them over to God. And literally, that same one girl that was in, a, in disagreement with the other got that post and reposted it. And they started going back and forth. like, And they were having like uh, IG live sessions about like oh how how much they love certain friends and other friends. People just change. And it was like, <laughs> and I had to bring them together. And I was like, okay, girls. Whenever you have a disagreement, the best thing is to is to is to raise your hand and and go to someone that you can trust. Like don't don't go online and post anything for for a minute. Just kind of take a step back and and really collect your thoughts and your feelings because you you're doing damage to your your own image and also you might be making a a huge mistake with burning down that friendship because now. This person who was really close to you and like you've shared so many wonderful experiences with, now you've just totally thrown that relationship away and and trashed it. And one of the biggest mistakes that I know I made as a young person and other people continue to make is just how they don't water their 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 friendships and they don't they don't nurture their relationships that matter. 
they'll turn their, their back on their parents when they're going through stuff in church, or they'll turn their back on the relationships with people at church because they're going through a time of darkness in their life because they don't realize how beneficial being equally yoked can be. And, um, and actually, I was just telling them this, them this today, that if you, don't, you have a friend that won't tell you the truth, they're not really your friend. You need to have someone that is going to tell you what, what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Right. And I think that uh, you and I had situations like that before, too, with other friends and family members that we grown up with. Like, I know this isn't fun to say this, but you're not doing well in this regard or this isn't going right. What can we do to help you out? And, um, and I think that, that these young people, I think all of them have done it, but I think especially this generation, they want that like. They want that person telling them how cool they look or how, how uh, oh, it's God's plan that you're, you're using this way or, oh, it's your season. Like, what is that? I know what it means, but what does it really mean? It's your season. It's always God's season. God's got a blessing every single day for us. It's not like, oh, now that person is on a pedestal for us. Uh, but it's, it's, it's just funny, the little things that they think of. And it's good to keep, keep each other on track in, in all ways and, and keep, our, to keep ourselves sober-minded. Um, so it's, it's harder to do that because everything is global now and because everything is out there. And sometimes we don't have enough of a filter, or they don't. Right. Because yeah. you know, I remember like Gabe, actually, the way he describes it is anti-social media. So it's just interesting how, like, in one regard, it's way easier to keep track of people, what's going on. Like, hey, look, they went to go see so-and-so or whatnot. Yeah, like a concert or something. I can't believe you remember that. I forgot about it. But, uh, <laughs> I forgot I said that. Like, there's, there's obviously <laughs> the good side and the bad side. But I just think it's interesting that, yeah, it's really easy to keep tabs on somebody but not really because like yeah. you're saying like what most people post on social media it's not really the truth of what's going on yeah in it's, their just lives. One, it's, it's one angle it's a very filtered image to how they how they want to be perceived essentially yeah i was gonna to go back to what you were saying earlier about the two girls uh, how old are they or the the age around they're uh between 19 and 22 so they're, Those they're, are the they're older I was thinking like younger. I was I no, no, yeah, no. They're oh. well. This there was a, a group. There was a group that oh, wow, kind of yeah. was. There was infighting, so they weren't kids. <laughs> I was thinking like fourteen. Wow. No, they're 15. yeah, no, they're adults. Because the youth group goes all the way up to this one. Like now, twenty-seven is our yeah our uh, most seasoned young yeah. person. I was gonna say that it reminded when you were talking about that dispute between them. It reminded me of Matthew eighteen fifteen. If your brother sins, go and show him his fault in private. If he listens to you, you have won your brother. Yeah. And it is, you were, when you were saying talking about that example, it's reminding me of and Amen. It's 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 interesting, interesting that we are not we're not usually capable in a way to go and have those conversations because yeah. of the fear of it's what tough. you know the person is going to react, yeah. how the person is going to react rather, and. At the end of the day, it's easier to do that than just to like let it fester out. Yeah, it gets behind bad. the scenes. Yeah, and it gets gets worse, right? It, yeah, it takes on a whole new personality yeah. of its own, and it's 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 funny. Like if if you have, we obviously both have parents, but all three of us have parents. But if you've ever had a situation before, as a kid, when you did something wrong, if you go and and ask your parents about that, it's always worse in their mind. Like it's always like the saga always grows like all uh, there's there's a story that 
my mom, I offended my mom, and every time she tells my wife about that story, it always gets worse and worse and worse. <laughs> it's like, Mom, I did not do that. I did not tell you that. That never happened. But I think that the farther you get away from an event that you perceive to be negative, if it isn't dealt with or if there isn't, like you said, a healthy conversation to open up those lines again, it, it's we make it out to be worse. Like we we perceive their actions to say that those that person actually hates us or they have nothing but ill will towards us when it was just something that was said in the moment. There wasn't really any depth to it. Yeah. And Jesus is, I mean, he's always right, but it, like it applies to life today because we, it goes into that self the, the the way we want people to perceive us. It, it, we don't like people to perceive us as weak or, in, or imperfect or incomplete. And when people go at us a certain way, it makes us feel like, like, like we're ashamed. But honestly, it's like if you go to that person and work things out, you'll realize that it was really something really simple, like really simple. Like, oh, it's because you said this, so I said that. And, and then things just get kind of convoluted in communication and we just have to figure things out. And I was telling them today, like, it, it wouldn't it be funny if the, the person that you didn't get along with here on earth, when you get to heaven, Jesus is like, okay, as a joke, you guys have to have to work together for all eternity now. Like that would She's be She's your roommate. Yeah. Be, hey, so you know you guys were talking crap on each other here on earth? I'm sorry I said that. Put that garbage on each other here on earth. Now you guys are gonna have restroom duty in heaven for all eternity. But it's 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 but we're brothers and sisters. Like that's not I call them they're, they're like and I think Lee called it this too, but that's small potatoes. It's small potatoes. Like just get over it. What is it? It's just small potatoes. Yeah, that reminds me of uh, recently, I think you posted it on Instagram, Gabe, Jordan Peterson, in regards to not attending to what needs to be attended to, mm-hmm. or, or you're lacking that um, that perception, I guess, or you're lacking, maybe you can look up, look up the... What are you talking about, like, when things break down? Yeah, when things break down. Yeah, uh, his post says, when things break down... What has been ignored rushes in. When things are no longer specified with precision, the walls crumble and chaos makes its presence known. When we've been careless and let things slide, what we have refused to attend to gathers itself itself up, adopts a serpentine form and strikes, often at the worst possible moment. It is then when it is then that we see what focus, intent, precision of aim and careful attention protects us from. I botched yeah. that, but yeah. yeah. No, it's really, he covers so many bases. Like, the way we communicate with each other, it has to be thorough. And that's something that you don't really know before you get married. When you get married, you're like, it, it reveals all of the all of the inconsistencies that we have as, as communicators and the flaws we have. And uh, at Toyota, it's interesting because that's the company I work for they have uh, something called Kaizen, which means uh, continuous improvement. And what they pride themselves on is continuing to improve the process, whatever that process is. It could be uh, building cars, it could be uh, making parts um, to for part replacements. They say that when you solve a problem, it often reveals the rocks. Hmm. What that means is when you take all the water out of, out of that body of water, out that body of water, whatever, it's a pool or a pond, or, it reveals the rocks that were always there. The rocks are not a problem, they're an opportunity, but whenever you get put into a challenging situation, it oftentimes reveals issues that were 
always there. Hmm. Like when you get married and you have issues, it not it might the marriage didn't create the issues, but the issues that we have as people, we never were aware of it. And now we have to. They're brought to the surface. Yeah, now, yeah. Now they're brought to the surface, and now we have to deal with them. Mm-hmm. So if I am not, um, if I am not caring for my wife with the right words, she might not come and tell me about it because she's not a direct communicator. It's not till she's had her fill, and then maybe there's a moment where she just lets it all out that I realize that I've been doing something wrong, or I might not take it that way. I might take it like, why are you lashing out on me? Mm. What's wrong with you, Vieja? Like, why are you taking it on me right now? Like, what did I do to you? But it's a, it's been a cumulative effect mm-hmm. that I, because I haven't been taking care of what needs to be taken care of, now it's mount, It's just, it's, it's, it's been the, the hair that breaks the camel back, camel's back. And I think marriage does that. It reveals the flaws that we have and how, how, how we've fallen short and somehow in, in our, in, not in our character, but just in the way that we conduct ourselves. Like, uh, it could be little things, it could be big things, like, what oh, kind of a saver are you? Uh, thank God it hasn't happened, but how come you didn't pay for the, the power bill or the water bill? Reminds me of Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> All right, did you pay the gas bill? <laughs> Do you realize what you've done? But really So you're saying there's a chance? Yeah. <laughs> so it's just crazy. It's crazy how how communication and how uneven communication and uneven um, care for our relationships will, like Jordan Peterson says, reveal itself in the worst possible time. It's funny how lack of communication uh, problems arise mm-hmm. and then even when you're trying to communicate Yeah, it's the way you're, you say it. Yeah. You're, you're, you, the way you say it matters, right? It's the, mm, tone, the tone, it's it's your facial, uh, yeah. all those different like uh, cues, right? Um, body language, right? We talk, we know about all that. And like, even in that, like even in trying to communicate with your partner, like there's, you're, you're not going to always solve hope. I mean, hopefully you can, but a lot of times you're just dealing with that as oh, its yeah. own problem, the communication part of it. Right. The you way, know, the way you communicate. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's always an adventure. Thankfully, I think that, um, and the Lord, the Lord has allowed me to get someone that we're, I'm compatible with, and and I've learned certain things about her, and she's learned certain things about me, and and we work things out. But I'm I'm learning, I'm still learning, like what the way to say things, and and not what to say. To get married, you have to be ready to be a student, though. Oh yeah, <laughs> but it's beautiful. I wouldn't, I would never trade it for anything. That's but awesome. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> have you been married for a little while? For uh, uh, years and a couple come up in May. So oh, awesome! Yeah, okay, yeah. May, you got. I'll, I'll I'm wait. a freshman. Yeah, so I'm <laughs> a. Your July, right? August. August. That's right. Going That's on right. six years. That's awesome. Dang. That's really awesome. Yeah, half flew by. I hear it does, it does. It but does. it feels like it's been forever. Yeah, yeah. I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> no, it does. In it's a good way, though. In a good yeah, way, because yeah. you're like, you're like, what did I do before I was married? Like. <laughs> What Who did I do I? with all that time? You're like, wow, I had so much time and I didn't realize it. Right. And you, yeah, you talk about the years before your marriage. You're just like, well, what did I do? Where that was, was how many years ago? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, it's, it's scary. That's it's scary because then you see, yeah, it's scary because then you see, like, his middle child was born a month before I got married. So it's crazy seeing, like, a little kid yeah. who's as old as as long as you've been married. Oh, yeah. that's funny. Yeah. That's yeah. really funny. Yeah, he was just a little a little thing. 
So you see like this child growing up and all the temper tantrums and all the different you're like, like oh man that's our marriage yeah. stages yeah. yeah like you're you're seeing it yeah. played out in the baby basically It's true though it's like that's really <laughs> the way marriages are like they grow into something else It's like the honeymoon stage is like the first year where you can kind of like take care of them and they're all cuddly and cute and you hold them and then they grow older and it's then like, they, yeah the they base, s- the basic needs if, okay I got to feed the baby change the baby and sleep the baby and bathe the baby and I'm good and literally yeah. like wait how many needs do, do they have like honestly <laughs> <laughs> that, they, there's that need and that need but it's no it's awesome and then and by the grace of God you know kids come in involved we can get involved too with uh, the two kids and three kids I think we're done at three kids but it keeps you busy it really does keep you busy calling it quits huh early well no, I'm, I'm just not kidding. calling it, I'm I'm just not calling it quits <laughs> I know, I know, I know. my wife wants to call it quits <laughs> oh but if it were on it, I say I told Lisa this before, but if it were up to me and we lived on a ranch somewhere, I would be like, "Why the heck are we gonna stop at four? Why stop at five? <laughs> we need someone to pull the cattle yeah, out exactly. at six in the morning, right? On yeah. Saturdays, yeah. It would it would be something <laughs> like that. More ranch, <laughs> yeah. Come on, yeah. It would be like that, but like my wife, my wife always reminds me. You know how painful it was for me to push that kid out, <laughs> and then she'll say something like. You didn't really do anything, she tells me. Oh. She tells me, like, she, really, she goes, you didn't really do anything. You were just there. And I told her, like, what else do you want me to do? I watched it happen. Like, <laughs> I watched the whole thing happen. But it's so funny, just a small uh, uh, side short story thing. The first time uh, for Jeremiah, when Jeremiah was about to be born, I was, like, super clean with my wife while she was going through labor. So a point where she was like, just give me some space. Like, leave me alone, right? So I was like, okay, fine. Next time, Joshua, my second one, Lee kind of made a mention of, when he was being born, I sat about six feet away from my wife on a chair, and he came so fast that by the time he came out, I barely had a chance to even get this out of the bed. And so she was like, man, you weren't really even there for much. Oh like, my God. And I was like, what? what? I can't win. <laughs> and then when Rachel was born, she was the most vocal, and she said that Rachel was the most painful. And then, and, and that was the first time she like squeezed my my hand to show me how she was feeling, and I didn't like I don't like that very much. <laughs> I didn't like it because I felt like she was angry at me. And I was like, well, I, th- I thought we talked about this. I thought we talked about how many kids we wanted to have. There was an like, why are you be Why are you angry at me now? Like, what do you want me to do? But it's 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 a beautiful process, and like it. It's those what, moments that bring you closer together. Yeah, when once once brother, you get through through uh, the first one. They're expecting him. And Praise God, that's awesome. Yeah, you know what the baby's gonna be at? No, we're waiting until pops. Really? Yeah, pops out. Brave souls. Yeah, no one likes that though. No but, but, that. but yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure the the parents, the grandparents involved, yep. are like, "Why are you doing that? Yep. I can't shop for them the way I want yep. to." It's like exactly. You can only buy uh, gray and yellow. And green, white and, and green. certain shades yeah. of green. You're like, I can't shop the way I want to. It's your guys' decision. So yeah. you know, we're waiting. We got we got we got some names lined up, and then uh, we'll see. And then we're not we're not talking about anybody about names either. Okay. Just so that we can, because you know everyone has something to say, Always. has their opinion. So yeah. we're we want to wait on that too. So it's gonna be uh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. First but, one coming up. Any are there any are there gonna be any other grandkids though besides? Uh, on your side of the family, is he gonna be the first grandkid or no? From Wolf, well, well, if we want to get into that, uh, my mother um, had a first marriage. Okay, had two children with that first marriage, and then was divorced. Married my father, had me. Okay, uh, so I'm his only child. Oh, okay. 
their, their only child together. Yeah. So my dad's now 64, and this is going to be his first grandkid. That's awesome. So he's been uh, patiently, impatiently waiting, I guess. That's okay. So, uh, That's the way white people do it now. <laughs> right? Oh, all the time. <laughs> Honestly. Dropping the facts. No, really, it's true. I, I grew up with white people all the time, and there are people in my, my kids' basketball league that are like in their 60s, and they have like a nine-year-old kid or... Uh, an eight-year-old kid. I'm like, oh, you are super patient. Good for you. <laughs> like, I, that's not really that's props, but yeah. that's that's gonna be awesome for you guys. So for for like my mom, my my dad, that's his first grandkid. My mom has three grand, four grandkids from mm-hmm. my two older siblings. Oh, okay. And then on my wife's side, this is their fourth. Yeah, their fourth um, grandchild. That's awesome. Yeah, so beautiful. That's a beautiful experience. And this is their uh, my wife's their baby girl, their youngest. So oh, that's a big deal. Yeah, super big deal. Man, and I'm so I feel I feel so bad for you. I married the baby girl. <laughs> what? I married the baby girl too. Oh really? So oh um, boy. So you have to go through, and I didn't. It wasn't my experience completely, but you did. I did. Uh, I did have to convince my mother-in-law at first. She didn't really care for me at first, but now I'm her favorite. I think. I think um, but we'll find out. I had because I had to talk to her older sister a little bit first, but luckily uh, I, they're all a great family. But when you marry the baby, there is a special thing about that, mm. you know, like cause, and especially cause she's a girl too. So she's the one that they put all in a way, kind of all their best into, because they're older, they learn in life, they're wiser. Yeah. So they they raised her with a different level of attention and concern. And I know that because I'm going through that myself right now, too. I had two older boys, and my little girl is like my little dessert. Like, she's like, she is everything that I hope for in a little girl, but, like, even more extreme. And like, things <laughs> I didn't ask for. Yeah. Like, she's very, like, she's only one, a year and a half, but she's very, like, uh, she's very intelligent, very great communicator, but she also, also is very demanding. But I can tell you that little girls, they do have, for some reason, they're, I love them equally, but little girls, you want to shelter them more for some reason. Yeah. So I, I'm sure even now there are certain times where like, oh, how did he get her? Or what did, they, what did he do? You know, it's like things like that where it's like you're still kind of earning your keep <laughs> in a way. Yeah. You're kind of still kind of earning your keep, kind of trying to prove people. Yeah. Prove to people that you're the right one. But it's it's beautiful. Well, luckily, uh, they're awesome. And we they we hit it off right off the bat so it's uh it's been it's been nice and her her brothers and her sister are awesome too so it's been nice to mix families and all that good stuff so was he winking as he said that oh, are, was he winking just kidding i'm just kidding i'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just kidding he's like there's I no love video that. i love there's that no family. Family. yeah there's no we'll, we'll never know we'll never just know kidding. yeah no he wasn't winking just kidding but i could you're thinking like oh this will be recorded somehow someday might find this so yeah my <laughs> My, my mother-in-law. Yeah, they never great. listened to this. My mother-in-law has been great from the start, and she's amazing. <laughs> just putting that down, yeah, yeah. just for later. My yeah. father-in-law, the best. Don says he is number one. <laughs> this reminds me of like a. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was gonna say. <laughs> exactly. That's he's funny arm, how you his, said that. His arms are number one. Yeah, his yeah. legs are number one. <laughs> Did you guys see the fight last night? Oh, I Curry heard, and uh, I, I heard Wilder. I just saw the, some of the highlights. I, Brutal. I heard that it was it was tough seventh yeah. round. Yeah. And then I was I don't know anything about boxing, bro. So I I felt I felt kind of cheated because I found out that um, that Fury wasn't even American. He's British. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I, but he's uh, what do you call them? Um, like those nomads, uh, gypsy. Is he really? Yeah, he's a gypsy. Romani, Romani gypsy. Yeah. I, because I looking at pictures of him, I thought he was like a, a country boy, mm. because he was showing like they were showing pictures of his comeback, and he was super like out of shape. Yeah, it was big. And I was like, I was really impressed. I was like, wow, that guy came all the way back from that. But I was hoping that I'd see him like in a cowboy hat or something afterwards. You know, like kind of good old country boy made it all the way back, but. Still a really awesome story because he he really handed it to him. Looking at at, the, at some of the notes from the fight, like he knocked him down twice, and his his corner had to throw in the towel. His ear was bleeding. Oof. Yeah, it was brutal. It was cool because uh, kind of tying it all together with his boxing matches. At the end, he uh, he quotes scripture. Oh, does he? Yeah, really? he talks about uh, like I fear no evil. Um, I forget the rest of that, but he, he like right away. That's like he like first and foremost. I want to uh, thank my Lord and Savior oh, Jesus Christ, and awesome. like goes into that scripture, and it's it's awesome. Like it's very like impactful, uh, you know, yeah. to hear that. That is awesome. I wonder if that helped part of his uh, recovery, right? Because I think he was addicted to something. Oh, was he? Well, so, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's awesome. There you go, I redemption. Love, I love hearing things about that. And I think yeah. it's also cool when an athlete's not, not ashamed of like. What they believe in, I it, that to me is is uh, one of those things where I'm like, ah. not that I'm like ashamed, but I'm always like hesitant to like. Oh, like you don't want to put be forceful with it. Yeah, like I don't not not even like that. It's just like, I don't want to put it out there because people it opens your, you open I don't want to criticism. Yeah, like I just don't want to deal with other people's views or or opinion because you know all of them almost like you hear the criticisms like you know what people like to me like who i i don't care so much of what people other think what other people other people ah can't talk what other people think what other people think that i'm not gonna say anything because like to me it's like it's 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 for me not for anybody else in a way i know that's not the right way to go about it but no i hear what you're saying i'm just like like, why do you why do you care yeah there's yeah it you do open yourself up to more friction and I think Lee's gone through this before too, but like when people find out like what you believe at work, oh, oh man, like it's always it's always a hot, hot, hot button, button ticket, topic, yeah. and it's like we go back and forth. Have you guys dealt with anything? Oh, um, I haven't. Well, I haven't specifically. I haven't like lost anything at work, so I can't count it as like persecution or anything. But I've gotten into pretty deep debates with people at work because they found out like who I voted for. But I always tell them like I'm I don't I don't agree with any one politician. Like verbatim, like what they say. I but I do, I do look for certain key um, issues that that I, I are important to me. And when it comes to people at work, I always tell them like, okay, the the two things that I always look at are are are, are protecting innocent, like so children from me are the most innocent. Protecting um, protecting their rights and protecting the sanctity of life, and then also the uh, the identity that Christ made us with as as male and female and I think that's really under attack and those are about about two values or or key points that I always vote with I could never find myself voting for someone that doesn't that's a that's that's pro choice because I don't see kids as a choice and I I know that people will always talk about like oh what if a girl is uh is raped or oh what if what if a girl um what a situation with incest, but like statistically, they said or it's if like, they're gonna harm the mother, or yeah, those they, crazy, yeah. They say um, that it's like those, it's literally 0.08, it's less than one percent, eight of percent. Yeah. Like, but even then, I actually know someone that came from a pregnancy of incest, and they were at my church for a long time. And I don't know if they're still in church, but I, I kind of kept in contact with the family for a while, 
and he's a he's actually a, a good kid. He's actually a really good kid. And the mom, if you ask her, obviously now she'll always tell you she made the right choice. And I think that God allows certain things to happen in our lives, but it's powerful when you look at something that came out of evil and something that came out of wickedness that was turned into light and that was turned into something for the honor and glory of God. Like Jesus himself came from a lineage of, of, of someone that was a prostitute. Like, so what if that someone said, oh, just wipe out that prostitute, you know? Like, what's mm. this, you, it's not our decision. It's not our choice to say who should make it and who shouldn't. That's not our choice. Now, if they go through the legal system and they're found to be guilty and they're a grown person making their own decision, that's something else. But an innocent child that hasn't even, isn't even given a choice yet, I can't ever say that it's good for that person to, to end that life. So, like, I always get into, that, get into it with them, and I, I know that it's really annoying the way I come at it, but I always tell them, like, do you have any kids? And they'll be like, yeah. You love them? Yeah. What makes those kids different than the kids that were aborted? Hmm. What makes them different? It, just because you wanted them? How is that right? right. Like, how is that, how is that fair? And they'll say, well, you know, life's not fair. I'm like, okay, well, that doesn't, ending a child doesn't end pain. It makes it, makes it worse. And they said that women who've had an abortion later on in life suffer um, physical and, and also mental and emotional pain because they, they, they are, have a hard time dealing with that trauma. Dealing with yeah. that. And if we, are, if we are claiming we want to help and protect women, yeah. we want to fight for their, their health uh, rights or whatever, yeah. then I think that's that's, that's a good point. Yeah, you know something I mean? to take into account. And uh, yeah, so that I always get back to that, and I always get back into the definition of male and female. And, and people always say, "Well, we shouldn't judge um, gays or lesbians." And I always say, "Well, I'm not judging them." And I think I think Lisa this before too, but um, <laughs> you you can't you can't tell me that just because I was born a certain way that God can't change me. I could have been born with an inclination to find a certain sex attractive. Uh, I could, a guy could be born finding him attractive. But I, I could also be born being a really good liar. I could be born being someone that li that's really good at stealing stuff. But God can change that and God can work it out. God can make things better and God can give us a new start. And uh, and I always think it's so interesting how people say that they're, like, they're bisexual. Like, well, okay, well, at one point I was into this, but now I'm into this. Well, there was, like, yeah, there was two... I think actresses that came out recently saying that they have no previous history of any kind of same-sex relationship mm -hmm. or acts, mm -hmm. but that they're claiming that they're now bisexual. And so people are kind of like like trying to be more rational about it. And like, what are you talking about? How, how is that even a thing? Yeah. Or like the trans fluid thing. Like one day I'm this, one day, one day, day I'm this, that. one day. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, that, that goes, that goes right in, into, into what Paul was talking about in the book of Romans and how, Men exchange the honor and glory of God for, for for you know the the, the lies the lies and and for doing shameful things with men that ought not to be, not to be done. But it's like, it's really it's really sad. And I, we have we have family too that is dealing with certain things and and we're we're praying for them. But it's like, it's sin is sin, and and I I I'm open with my in my thoughts with people at work. It hasn't gotten me in trouble yet, but I mean, if HR ever calls me in, I'll say, yeah, that's what I believe and that's who I am. I'm not going to, if I, if I, people ask me about it, I'm not going to hide it. That's, that's who I am. But it's, uh, it's getting, it's getting to that point though, where people are saying you can't speak out against, you can't speak out against people's way of life or, um, lifestyles. Um, and if you're Christian, then just shut up and keep on working and keep your mouth closed and 
We won't have any problems. Because it's funny, people say that they want diversity of thought and they want diversity and, and there should be no exclusion, there should be inclusion. But the moment that so, you agree with someone, disagree with someone's lifestyle, then that's like, okay, no, you've crossed the line. This is respectful, that's hateful. That's mm-hmm. hateful because I don't agree with you. Like, how have I said that I'm against you as a person? I can be against you as your, against your lifestyle and not hate you as a person. You don't know the person. Yeah, I don't know who they are. And there's some people that I work with that I kind of know. I don't hate them. I just think that their lifestyle isn't, isn't right. But that, you know, that that's it's innocent. So it's like if someone's lusting after a woman or into pornography, that's the same thing as, as you know any other type of sin. They all have the same effect on, on your soul. And, and it separates you from God. So I don't see any sinner as any different. I just think that certain sins become um, excused and been disguised as, as part, I guess, a human acceptance. Yeah, except it's been accepted. It's been, it's been allowed, and it's been celebrated now. You gotta celebrate certain things. Yeah, it's 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 pride. Yeah, when we know what pride brings. Yeah, I was gonna. Uh, so you went through a lot there, to be honest. So <laughs> we're gonna start from sure the first one. You said you voted for someone, and yeah, I voted for Trump. Okay. For Trump in 2016? 2016, because I could not get myself to vote for for Hillary. And part of the reason was is because obviously that abortion thing was a big it was a big deal uh, for me. Yeah. I, and, I thought it was because she did Bernie wrong oh, with the DNC. Well that that is that's a whole other saga. <laughs> like that goes way and it's it's looks like yeah, it looks like we're gonna have some uh, they're gonna have a roller coaster ahead too for them. It's not but, looking. It's not looking pretty right now. Yeah. Well, I so I voted for Trump for that reason, and I also. How also, do you? So how yeah. do you like? I know people always talk about his behavior and his his the way oh, he yeah. talks. And oh the yeah, boy, yeah, yeah. Like how do you reconcile his behavior and quotes? Oh yeah. With like you're really adamant about protecting yeah. um, children. You're the most vulnerable. Yeah. yeah. So, so I've actually. Lee and I go back and forth in this because our homie George is, he like hates Trump. Shout out to George. Yeah, George, I love you. <laughs> and Trump loves you. He, he, he is one of our, our coolest and closer friends. Um, so I told this to Lee the other day, and I think I think told us to George and, and, and Omero that's on that chat with us. But I told him, I said, I see voting as a bridge to what was most important for us. And there has never been a politician, for me, in my recollection, in the last like 15 or 20 years since I started voting, it's been 18, 19 years almost now, but there hasn't been one politician whose lifestyle, if you really look closely at their lifestyle, lines up with the Word of God. And Trump is no different. As a, as a person, you look at everything he's done, from a businessman, even the way he talks to people now, with I laugh because it's childish the way he, calls, he makes a nickname for everyone. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Mini Mike. Oh, Mini Mike. Yeah, like I do nothing to him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or yeah, or uh, or crooked Hillary always cracks me up because <laughs> it may sound like a you know like a, a the Wicked Witch of the West <laughs> West. But like, there hasn't been anyone that is that you could say is righteous or someone that embodies the Word of God. And so for me, I have to. You have for me as a person, I have to pick and choose. Like, what's the most one of the most important values for me, and for me, it's 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 uh, family, family uh, conservative values, 
and I I like that he started talking about appointing people with conservative values to the Supreme Court, and early on we saw that with uh, with with uh, with Kavanaugh. And that's a whole other story. You mean that serial rapist? The, yeah, who all of a sudden, <laughs> who all of a sudden people, people that that claimed were raped couldn't remember when it happened, yeah. and who was there, and who where, the witnesses, where, yeah, yeah, where they were exactly, <laughs> even though it was a life-altering event. Yeah, like I can remember where I was when I was five and or three, and and I had an accident. Like if I can remember when I was three, someone who was raped should be able to remember that. But um, so yeah, I, I voted for, voted for for Trump for for those reasons. And I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty open about it at work, and I don't go around telling people picking fights, but people will be like, "Oh, well, look what you did now," and I'll tell them, "Okay, well, what, what evidence do you have, and where are you reading it from?" Because that matters matters too. Right. Where it's coming from, and uh, I don't get too into it because if I if you read about politics, there's an endless source of information, and half of it's trash and garbage. You don't even know where it's coming from, but I yeah I, I it's it, there's just there's so much, but but like, I I I talk to them about it all the time, and I'll ask them like, "What's your source?" or "What do you think about?" Um, what do you th- what about McCabe or what about that, that other guy's name was is it Vinman or the I forget the the general the general. Oh, that, that they fired. That, that they fired. Yeah. Um, I'll start asking them about like, okay, well, how come you weren't? How come you were okay with when uh, with the stuff that happened when Obama was in office? And how come you didn't care about the people that were killed, civilians were killed with the drone strikes or? Or the the Fast and the Furious, or with Benghazi, or um, or or back then the way they 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 uh, they did the immigration stuff then, and the way they treated kids then. It's amazing how all these things now are important because of who's in office, and I think it's hypocritical because people pick and choose why they're angry, and and it's funny because I've talked to people at work about. Their values, they're, they love their, their family, they're for their family, they're middle class, they're even Catholic or Christian, and yet they want to vote against Trump, but they won't tell me who they're going to vote for because they're not sure. So I tell them, well, if there's, such a, if there's a better candidate than Trump, then, who is, then tell me who it is, and we can have a discussion about it. I, I'm I'm open about, I'm open to having a discussion, but you don't, you don't, you don't even know who you're going to vote for yet. Right. Like I was talking to this guy about Sanders, and I think, I don't know who brought it up in the discussion, but... Like it show like the statistics said or the, the the record shows that that he's only sponsored three bills in how many years in office, and yet we expect him to bring in this wealth of change that's going to benefit our nation. Like that's that's silly. Like your history, your your body of work. If you've been in whatever, like say you you're a lawyer or say you're a police chief. If you've been in your office for. 30 to 40 years, you should have something to point to to say, I achieved something. If you have nothing to show for it, and yet you want to become the president <laughs> of the United States, like, we're asking a lot here. Like, we're asking him to do a lot because he doesn't he doesn't seem to be able to affect change where he's been, and yet we expect him to do something great for us as the president of the United States. To revamp the whole healthcare system, yeah. to take all of these big ideas and implement them. Yeah, it's a lot to ask. Yeah, and and, um, and Lee and I talk about this all the time. But but big government should scare the 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 bejesus out of people. It really should. Big government. You just look at what has happened, even at the TSA. Like when you go into an airport, if you've ever if you traveled when you were a kid in the '90s, it's like you're in there and out of there. Mm-hmm. Now, I, yeah, now it's just everything's controlled. You have to. 
allocate two more hours to traveling. And and I mean, it's it's not even that, but like even looking at the whole Obamacare thing, um, it, it, the whole thing was silly. So I, I worked actually in the front lines of, 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 of people signing up to medical plans because I worked for Kaiser for a little while. And I saw how much people made. They didn't make very much money. And some people were making, I don't know, 18, 19 bucks an hour. And they're the only people working in their household. They couldn't afford a great health plan and they barely had enough to pay rent. And so now you're asking them, you're asking them to sign up for a health plan. You're asking them to sign up for a health plan. And if you don't sign up for a health plan, they're going to find you. going to find, yeah. So now you're just mounting, you're just mounting more of, uh, you're more, more pressure on someone financially that is having a hard time as it is. And, and, and it's like a lot of these people, you're asking them to change their whole way of, of receiving health care. Some of these people prefer to go to Mexico and get health care. I mean, heck, my wife, until we got married, was go, would go to dentists in Mexico because that's what she was comfortable with. Hmm. And now you're asking them to, to go and have regular checkups and you're forcing them into that system. And, um, and it's like they prefer to go the other route and they don't want to go to the doctor. A lot of the times the Mexicanos have their own remedies. Sometimes they they work and sometimes they're silly, but right. but that's what they want to do. You can't yeah. force people a certain direction. So anytime big government gets involved, it's, it's a little scary because politicians have a way of of not being good stewards with money and, and being not, not good stewards with information and for just messing things up. So we should... We should want a government to be as 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 small of a have as, as small of a footprint in our lives as possible, or or, or or fingerprints as possible. I don't want them in every aspect of my lives. I, I think, think it's I think I think it's interesting that we, as a society, get so caught up in the presidency yeah. when there's senators and the assembly and yeah. there's your local government, your yeah. city council, all that. So much to it, you know. And then you talked about family, like that's first and foremost what our concerns should be about and where we should start our efforts and in, in more organic grassroots um, efforts basically and it's like we get so caught up in what the federal government's trying to accomplish yeah. on this grand scale when we can do so much here in our own communities and yeah. it's like how much of effect does the presidency actually play in our lives not very much hopefully like you were saying yeah. like the smaller the government the better and it's funny like the whole TSA thing I went we went through it we went to go visit my younger brother and he graduated from the army and like they had to like um do the they had a the search search yeah. and he like had to go through my ankle all the way up and he actually touched the um you know the areas where yeah. you don't want to be touched yeah. by someone else that's a so stranger yeah. it's very uncomfortable and and it's funny like the tsa like you said it adds two hours you uh when we were signing up to go visit um my brother we had to go and get our uh passes that took like an like a half an hour uh, or so and then to go to get your mail your your mail taken care of like you go wait in line there it takes like a half an hour you go to the DMV that's like 2 hours of your day right yeah. there like it's just everything that the government does like you're saying it, it adds time to our lives and it's not efficient and they don't care it's, about it's a waste yeah. customer service or anything like like they you really don't. you look at them working and it's like they don't have to work faster they don't have to work better they just got to do their job and clock in clock out right not to like um trash on anybody that works in these areas it's just like there's no incentive to do better or be better there really isn't cuz it's hard for them to get fired yeah exactly All, it's like they the civil servants uh, they they they're almost guaranteed a job unless they kill someone or unless they 
steal lots of money. Like I, I have, we've had, uh, well, one of our family members worked at TSA before, but I've had coworkers that work in other parts of government. And sometimes instead of firing people, they'll just promote them to get them out of the area. Yeah. Like that's the way you deal with problems. Like you're just going to give them more money. Yeah. That's, that's the, give them more responsibility. Yeah. That's the, that's the way that we punish them. But yeah, I, I don't, I'm not, not for the, the big government thing. And I just, the stories, the way they, they ran the, the, the veterans association and the way they ran that medical that care. That too. Yeah. People literally dying in, in wait in the waiting areas. Like I don't, why should we want the government to be more involved in any of in any aspect of our lives? And uh, yeah, I, so yeah, that that was a whole thing of its own, whole creature of its own. But I guess I think yeah. a lot of people, if you ask people, if you ask people, and to be honest and to really put all affiliations aside, you ask them, do you really want the government running things in your life? They would say no. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we had to deal with OSHA at work. Oh yeah. They're they're like come in like they're the Gestapo like they're here to question you and they try to act all nice like oh we're just here as courtesy and we just need all this information from you it's like no big deal whatever just give me just give us everything you have and it's like dude like yeah. relax and he tries to uh, I mean it's the guy that's working there and you could just it just feels like sleazy you know and it's yeah. just it's so uncomfortable and infuriating and he's sitting there writing things down and like it's like dude can't you like type something up or have it prepared yeah. before you come here he shows up late with the Starbucks in his hand goes and uses the Russian for like 15 minutes and then lollygags to the meeting and is like alright like whatever you know like you guys don't have other work to take care of like I, we could just take all the time we want here no big deal <laughs> he's like not accountable to yeah there's like, no accountability there's yeah. no like consideration for others time like nothing <laughs> and it's like dude yeah. come on get your yeah together <laughs> yeah it should but it should be that the government should be run in a customer service environment type of like almost like 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 a Starbucks where they are they are given jobs their job security is completely dependent on the the quality of a service that they're they're rendering like if you're good at your job then you should be there if you're not good at your job then you should go get something else um, you should go work on something else but that's what government does like mm-hmm. government they, they take care of their own and anytime you give anyone that type of like power or you give that that that, 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 that you know people that type of of, of um, I guess you, that, that kind of privilege they're always gonna they're always gonna miss and abuse that yeah they mishandle it Q in the Pharisees and the Sadducees and yeah. the, the religious elite that, oh yeah that are in scripture. Well, I mean, you that 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 transfers over to, to the the mess that a lot of churches <laughs> do find themselves, find themselves in. in now, and not just not just Catholic but Protestant too. We all I think we've all heard of church organizations that where one or too many people have power and they just they aren't good stewards with what God has entrusted them with. So I guess that happens everywhere. So we shouldn't be surprised of it. But when we do hear of it and it happens to us or we're in the middle of a situation, then we, we're a little more outraged because it's it's personalized and we've, we've felt it or experienced it. But yeah, too much, what's the, what do they say? Uh, absolute power, uh, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Mm-hmm. It, it, that's true. Yeah, we were talking about uh, the idea or the, where it says in scripture that the uh, love of money is the root of... For the love of money. For the, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Hey, yeah. thank you. I'm not good at this. It's, it's true. <laughs> and, really and, true. And it's interesting that uh, you hear arguments out there that are saying we don't necessarily want their money, but we want their power. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay. Yeah. So they want the money because they know the money brings power, but yeah. for the love of money, 
is the cause of all of all kinds of evils. Yeah, it's true. So it's interesting that we don't we don't point that out for what it is, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like okay, we should probably watch out for anyone who's trying to who's trying to say that because someone has money that they're they're not yeah. good stewards of it in a sense, right? Like we. We want to say that they ha- they earn their money, but they're they're not doing a good job. Of so we we know better than them. We should go and take yeah. that from them. Yeah, and it's like, have you, you guys ever thought about living off the grid? And if that would be possible, like yeah. if I wanted I think about to. that every single day. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, think about it. Like if I if I wanted to just say you know, forget this debt, forget this way of life, I want to start a new life on a prairie somewhere, living in a box with my family. It would be. I don't know if that would ever be feasible because the government has become so... They'll find a way to tax you. Right. They have become so ingrained and engrafted in each individual's life that it would be impossible. Like You would have to get their clearance to go into another country or to go into another region. It's impossible. It's, it's, this, is, this is not what... Government isn't what God intended. It really isn't. Mm-hmm. It got, nowhere in the Bible does it say that you that you have to live in an area and have to pay taxes. Yeah, you should give in a Caesar's what is Caesar's, but what if I don't want to live in Caesar's Caesar's dominion? You have to ask for permission to leave. You're right. Yeah. It's just the whole the whole system is corrupt because right. it's a it's a type of it's a type of keeping people like enslaved and keeping people um, keep, keeping people under your thumb, and it's just amazing what's happened. But like, there's a lot of different types of, of Imprisonment. There's a. There's, I mean, the the way government controls us. There's debt. There's spiritual slavery. It's just amazing. And you open your eyes. And you realize how many people really want to take over what you have. It's it's amazing. What is it? Uh, we do not f- uh, battle against flesh and blood, but the, against the, the principalities. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. And, the, and you, like, Lee and I talk about it all the time. But the spirit of the Antichrist is is alive and well and, and is looking to, to take over everything that we have but the, the, he's masked with a smile and dressed up in so many different ways as pop stars and as government officials and as maybe even your next door neighbor but these people are all falling under under the under the the uh, the influence of the of the Antichrist but it's happening it's around us the new world order and, and these ideas of power of inner self and and how virtue is found within it's not any it's, it's completely against the word of god yeah it's <laughs> <laughs> no i was going to i was going to say yeah as far as thinking about freedom and liberty i always equate i'm starting to equate anyway the more free you want to be the more responsible you have to be so and that yeah. idea flies in the face of what we see now in the media. It's the left. The, yeah. the message that that's being preached is, well, it's unf- you know life is unfair and it's these rich people that have all the power that they need to be put in check. And once we have them in check, once we have control, once we have power, then we'll make things right. Like yeah. you're saying, like yeah, like that's a, that was a uh, I saw a post of Bernie. It was a screenshot timeline of yeah of his other tweets in the in the previous years. <laughs> yeah. And he's always calling out billionaires and millionaires and that it's unjust and it's unfair. 
And then it gets to a certain point, I think in 2016, when he actually, his net worth went to the millions, where he's no longer, in his tweets, he's no longer criticizing millionaires. Yeah, it's against billionaires. And now it's only billionaires. Because he's not there. Because he's, yeah, he's a millionaire, so he's not going to say anything bad anymore against the millionaires. <laughs> but it's just so convenient that, oh, oh, who's the bad guy now? Oh, okay, it's the other people, the people that are even more, you know, more Richer wealthy. than me, yeah. Yeah. More rich, yeah. That's why I was like telling you yesterday, Gabe. As far as um, what are the fruits that that um, that falsehood is going to produce, and one of them is is as far as for the love of money, it's going to produce greed. It's going to produce, mm, yeah. you know, why is this person uh, better doing better than me? Why is my neighbor if if my neighbor is doing better than me, then nothing's wrong with me. Something's wrong with him. Yeah. So let's go ahead and and bash, do something about it. Yeah. Let's bash him or criticize him. Let's. Let's twist their, the the impression we have of them in our heads to make it fit a narrative that's more pleasing to us. Because, like you're saying, Stephen, I think it does. Uh, what we see in politics right now, it is a prelude to the Antichrist, to the New World Order. Where I don't know if it's just something that that's in the in the human spirit, human soul, where we're always looking for some type of redemption, some type of redeemer, some type of of. Savior, a, a savior, an embodiment that's going to make things right. So when rectify, do, yeah. rectify. So when people do buy into these ideas of socialism, collectivism, uh, equality, what have you, like really, like if you think about it, equity, really, I would say, is equity, equity. more than equality. I think. Okay. I would say like equality is fine, but equity. I don't mean to cut you off, but no, I, no, think, yeah, I, I think equity to me is a little bit more pernicious. Con- How you say that? Pernicious. Yeah. It's just I don't know. I. We can talk about that, but I, I didn't mean to cut you <laughs> no, off. No, just yeah, it's just, it's just that people are, you know, people are, I guess in a sense, we're godless, right? Mm-hmm. We don't have, like Jordan Peterson would say, we're not aiming high. We're not aiming at the highest level possible. We're not aiming at the light. So we've rejected God's word. We've rejected the values, like you were saying, family. We rejected these, these things that for... Jordan Peterson is going to say, like, from since the beginning of time, this has been true. This has been something that has been sought after. So when we're we're rejecting, I guess these roles, you can say, and we're we're trying to substitute it with something else, that of course it's going to be corrupt. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Of course it's going to f- fall completely short of God's intent, God's purpose. I mean, that's anyway. That's just how I can, yeah, put together as far as um, what we're seeing in in the media, in the culture, and why like I was having the conversation yesterday with Gabe too as far as it just seems as though um, the left wants to be judged on their intent their intentions mm-hmm. the good intent they, they do have good intentions they want to help people they want to make things cheaper more accessible right but their 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 means to get to that end is well extortion we're gonna you know take away people's wealth and I know you've seen some videos uh, with Bernie Staffers saying, oh, no, the gulags were good. Yeah. The gulags, all it did was serve, it served to, to re-educate people, the people that were ignorant, that were racist, yeah. that, you know, uh, that we're going we're gonna to teach them the right way. Yeah, you wanna, you're, they're trying to force people into their method and into their, uh, in, into their system. And I think he was also there's I don't know how far back it is, but he was talking about how the bread lines are actually good. Yeah, it's a good thing. Bread lines are good are a good thing. <laughs> no, that's a good Bernie. I thought we yeah. had Bernie Sanders in here for a second. <laughs> yeah, it, it's uh it's 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 terrible. And, and there's there was a video that my friend sent me, and I don't know if you guys had a chance to watch it yet, but in the group of uh 
of these kids that were doing, I call them kids, they're like in their 20s, but they were doing um, a kind of a up close and personal. They were doing, um, like honestly, a documentary about life in Cuba mm. and, and the, the, this is the, the evils of socialism and then it turned into communism. But they said that, was it, was it Marx that said that, that, the, that socialism and, and, and communism are basically the same thing? But one pretends to let people vote, and the other one just hates control completely. Hmm. Yeah. But but um, but they they go to they go to Cuba, and they when you it's interesting because when you do Google Cuba, you see a lot of like nice looking things, the like resorts, the resorts, and people smiling and great food. These 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 uh, Americans went there to do a documentary, and the first thing they faced was were these federal agents at the airport looking in their bags and asking why they were there, and just being super rude with them, and. They were there for I don't know how long, but um, the government found out that they were videotaping things, so they started following them everywhere they went. And they, it, you see what it's like when people have to actually stand in a, in a, in line with their government issued like tickets or whatever to get food. And they they stand in line because a lot of times the groceries stores and their food markets are empty mm-hmm. because there's just there's, it's scarce, and every it's crazy. You look at the aisles and it's all the same thing so say you're looking for beans there's only one type of bean and it's all the same brand there's no uh, variety in what they offer and the type of food they have it's just all garbage it's all like like uh, packaged items in, 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 in small amounts and so while they are there you see that everyone is serving the same food and I think that it was like corned beef or something like and the way they sell ha- hamburgers over there they don't. You can't buy ground beef. You they buy, you buy packages of individually wrapped hamburger patties, and it this looks like it's made out of like cardboard. It's disgusting, and people there uh, are all on in the same economic level. There is no rich. There's just poor people, and they go in, into these areas where there's like these beautiful, almost Spanish-looking mansions, and they're all deserted because people couldn't. There's no way for them to maintain that property, mm-hmm. and so. They interview people uh, in in secret, asking them what they think of it, and they're telling them, they're like, they're saying, "Oh, you're from the U.S. I wish I could go to the U.S. I wish I could be over there. This is terrible what we're in. I wish I could get out of this place." And it just shows you, and and in the gas lines are crazy, like literally the gas line, it's like unlike any other line I've seen before in my life. It's like worse than Costco. I know, like remember that Costco? <laughs> Sorry, Cos- no, the Costco lines are terrible. Hey. but it's like that. It's literally it's. Yeah, it's it, it's. I'm trying to compare it to a line that I've seen here in the United States, but it's almost like it looks like a like a one line of traffic on the 405. Like Chick Fil A at 945. Well, on I Saturday. Use, I use the app, so I'm. I'm oh, I'm usually, okay, excuse me. I usually oh. I use the app. No, so. yeah, I I saw somewhere I might have shared it with Gabe, but they were explaining the Soviet propaganda during Stalin, and how a lot of their nutritionists, quote unquote, food experts, were saying. How it's a good... They're trying to explain to the people how it's a good thing to only have two meals a day. They're like, no, you, you don't want to have three meals a day because it's bad for you. It's like, I mean, we see it now, right? Like, the government's trying to... They're lying or they're... they're yeah. We see it, like, in China right now with, yeah. with the, oh, the coronavirus. coronavirus yeah. yeah, with Wuhan, where it's like, oh, people are just being taken away yeah. and, like, the families don't know where they disappeared off to and you'll never yeah. see them again. Yeah. That reminds yeah, that reminds me of uh, I've been reading. I'm on the second volume of the Gulag Archipelago, and I think it's the first volume that talks about 
they would literally the government would come in the middle of the night and just like snatch you up and send you to prison wow. and then they would interrogate you for hours and torture you and and basically say here's your sentence here's why you're guilty you just sign it and they would give you 10 years right off the bat wow and it's like and then uh it's like every third person was an informer they try to recruit people actively to become an informer and say that oh they're against they're they're against the government Ugh, so let sick. us know yeah. you know if they do anything you know if it's a small little they kind of like in like um what is it called? Like, them yeah, like they they coach them. Like, oh, oh. like has he done anything like this, or have they done anything like that? And it's and it's just it gets to this point where like everyone's against each other, and they're in they're in these hor- horrific conditions. And it's like, yeah, the government's gonna come, and bam, there you go, you're you're snatched from your home. Yeah, I forget the name of the story, the name of the character, but Michael Malice was talking about that because he grew up in the Ukraine when it was under the USSR. But he says that there's a, a government propaganda story that they teach their school children, and it's about um, the go- the government's telling the kids, "Oh, it's okay to rat out your parents. <laughs> if you see your parents do something illegal, you need to tell the police right away." And that I guess that little boy is at the time was claimed as a hero. He's looked at as, oh, yeah, and, it's terrible. And, and Michael Mouse is like, "Yeah, this was a thing like for me growing up, uh, in the within the school system that that's oh, something man. that's part of the curriculum." Can you imagine that? I get that's sick. That is, it makes yeah, it makes you really sick to somebody thinking about that. Like what, what that, and like you're talking about that too. Like that's why like the education system is so important. Like well, when yeah, you're, I, you're when you're handing your, you you send your kid to school, you're sending them into someone else's hands for seven hours out of the day. Like and they have so many so many hours to just brainwash your kids that they really want to do that. And it's getting to the point, right? Where it's With getting the there. LGBTQ values, yeah. where it's like, Ugh. oh, today we're we're gonna have a transgender drag queen come in and read, read stories to kindergarten kids. Yeah, I, I, we're we're so. I mean, yeah, we're not at that level yet. Where I hope that they're giving us they're giving their kids the propaganda of in in that in that fashion. But yeah, like wow. I mean, my kids. I've never wanted to homeschool them, but I'm getting, I hear things that makes me feel like I'm not that far away. Like if, if our place to do so, I figured a way how to, a way to do it because these people, like I, I forget who it was, but there was this middle school teacher they found out was uh, from Antifa and he was just feeding all the students just like trash propaganda all day long. <laughs> oh and I was like thinking, oh my God, what would I do? If I found out my kid was being taught by someone like that, like I would want to go off on that person. But then now, with our way, the way society is going and being in California, they'd probably side with the teacher. Oh, yeah. Who knows? But like, it's, it's, it really is something that we have to be mindful of as, as believers because this, where is the curriculum coming from? Just even the way that they, they dismiss Christianity now. Like, when I went to school, uh, when I went to not to high school a while back in the 90s, I do remember thinking like they gave so much more time when they're talking about world religions, so much more time to Hinduism and Buddhism than they did to Christianity. They kind of mm-hmm. just like glossed over it. And I was thinking like, wow, like that, that means that I have to step up as a parent now and really teach my kid the word because he's not going to get anywhere else, you know? So for you personally, at what point do you, as a Christian, do you see it as we're living in Sodom and Gomorrah and it's time to be like Abraham and live out? Elsewhere, out in the out in the hills or out in the fields. I think that when they when they start when the government starts interfering with our way of worship, 
and they start getting a little bit more because they, they don't do it right now it's not as blatant it's not out in the open but when the, the, the attacks are coming against um, the Christian way of life in the school system my kid ever does come home and say look at dad look what they're saying about Christianity or look what they're saying about what we believe I think I, I would be like okay Rosanna let's let's go look for a home somewhere else We I mean because it it's not too far away from that. Like uh, Omero was, was telling our church when he came the other day, that um, that now these kids that are uh, that are gender fluid uh, are they can say that they want to use a locker room a certain day, and the, and the school can't really even question it. So there could be a, a boy that's like, oh, I, I, I'm a girl. I identify as a girl, and they have to let him in that locker room. You know, not now that uh, I've got a daughter. I'm, I, w- I won't be okay with that later on. Like if boys just want being able to walk in and, ra- and, and randomly come into a girl's locker room or restroom, I'm not, I'm not going to be cool with that. So I think when it starts affecting my family and I see that my kids um, are having a hard time keeping the, keeping the water out, I guess almost like a, like a boat, then I, 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 would, I would move. I, I've actually thought about that before. Like where would I go? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Mexico is probably like a plan C. But, right. but I wouldn't rule that out because there are, is still a, a strong Christian movement over there. But you just have to think about the, the corruption on that level of, of that they, they have over there. The cartels. The cartel, yeah. They, they'll Eey. take things away and, and take your possessions away and, and, and shoot you over it. And no one will stand up for you. But I've thought about going out of state before. Like, uh, but I've heard that even Texas has become more liberal. I've heard that. Yeah. I've heard that Mississippi and and Georgia are not necessarily liberal, but they're, they're just a facade of Christianity and there's not really practice the same way. There's still a lot of single parent homes, kids born out of wedlock. So you, you just you never know, but you hope and pray. But if, if God ever, if I ever felt, felt a strong desire or need or move of God for me to move, I would have to do it. But that's something you got to think about. It's something you yeah. have to, to, to consider because it's getting really, really bad. And, uh, and I think was it who was it? I think it was Armero that was showing us pictures of a of someone that went to one of his the schools that he worked at that changed Texas over like a summer or something. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. But it's like uh, it's really it, it it really hurts. You think about that kid situation and what they must have gone through to get to that point. You know. Yeah, because it's going to back to what you were saying earlier. It's kids are no longer protected. They're used as fodder. They're used as a means to further an agenda or further a cause. Um, so yeah, it totally flies in the face of like you're saying, like, like the way Jesus put it, right? Like, like the children are precious, and mm-hmm. if you if you keep these one keep these little ones from me, you're yeah. you'd be better off tying a, a what is it? Limestone, millstone around your neck, and, around your neck, and yeah. jumping into the into the waters. Yeah, yeah. It, there, there, Jesus, Jesus, you know, when he speaks about children. They, they, are obviously something that he treasures and he values, and and he he speaks about the little ones. I think he mentions it a few times about but about giving these one these little ones a, a a cup of water that the world would be even for doing that we're going to be rewarded in heaven. I think he's talking probably about the orphans, but still, I mean, orphans have a soft spot in his heart. Kids in general should have a soft spot in our heart. So, um, yeah, we, we should we should see kids as as not just as, as beautiful creatures, but also, in a way, a powerful spiritual resource. 
like if we the more you pump into them the word of God and and your prayers and and showing them how to live God's gonna use that and grow them and, and make them something wonderful but yeah children are our most powerful resource think about it well cause you're yeah cause you're keeping you're keeping certain ideas alive you're keeping certain yeah. beliefs right <laughs> yeah I'm laughing cause I was reading online and the lady was saying oh I, I, Christians are I think I forget what she said but they're so not terrible but like they're so narrow minded how dare you how dare you force your beliefs on your kid but I was thinking like if you really are an atheist and for you you don't care what I believe in terms of what I believe has no power if I believe have, what, I, what I believe has no power and our beliefs are on equal footing what difference does it make if what my beliefs are different than yours well not just that I mean for any parent, any parent with whatever belief they have, it's a re- it's going to be impossible for you not to instill those beliefs in your kids as you raise them. Right, and and I think that <laughs> I think that 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 for Christianity, if you're a, if you're a person that that wholeheartedly believes in it, there are some really strong implications with Christianity, really strong imp- implications. Like eternity is not something to play around with. So if I want my kid to know the Lord to be blessed in this life and to inherit the kingdom of God forever, then heck yeah, I should train him up in the the way I know is right. So because you don't agree with my beliefs and because you think that my kids should be open-minded, I should let them go to hell? Like, that's really stupid. You are really dumb for thinking that. Because then that goes back to what we were saying, that there are people that believe the government and politicians a certain you know, political philosophy, they have a better way of doing things. But they can raise your kids better than you can. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that, and that's what, that's what big government says. Right. I can manage your resources better than you can. That's the whole mindset and of big government. Like, that's, yeah, and that's kind of what I, I go in and tell people, too, as far as, like, I think we've talked about it, too, how, how the left, the left likes playing with people's, likes toying with emotions, likes toying with people's beliefs when, when we see it, how... Uh, I think it was it Charles Barkley that said it. He's like, black people have been voting for Democrats for fifty years, and they're mm-hmm. still in the same place. Yeah, but it's the same thing with with uh, with Latinos. Where it's, it's like they're just toying with you. They're just telling you that Trump's a racist, so that they can garner your vote. So mm-hmm. that and they're just saying that. Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have you know healthcare for everybody, immigrants too, and and it's they're just toying with your your emotions so that you can vote a certain way. Yeah, or that you can. You can buy into the fact, like, oh yeah, this this politician, you know, cares about me so much, and my family is going to take care of everything. Yeah, yeah, and 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 there's that mindset where, well, I want government to make up. A lot of people left are saying, I want government, and I think Gabriel talked and spoke on this, but I'm going to rely on I'm going to rely on 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 government to bring me equity, mm. because I screwed up because I went into. A private school that I couldn't afford. Mm-hmm. I want the government to take care of it. Yeah, I could have gone to Cal State Fullerton and got my degree, and probably worked hard and and gotten gone up in whatever profession I wanted to go into. But because I wanted a shinier looking di- uh, diploma or a degree, I went to Pepperdine. So now, yay, I'm a Pepperdine Wave of uh, 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 alumni. And because I went to private school, I've got a two hundred thousand dollars in debt. And I want the government to work it out for me. I want the government to forgive my, my debt. Or um, or that's the same thing with abortion. I screwed up and I could have I could have used birth control. I could have uh, I could have been 
I, I could have um, prescribed the idea of abstinence and not actually do the act, but because I, I wanted to be active and because I didn't take any birth control, I want the government to get me out of my responsibility. Somebody else to bail me out. I, yeah, I want a bailout, and that's what people hmm. want. They want to be bailed out, and they don't want responsibility, and they don't want to take, they don't want to have to pay for the mistakes they've made. They want, everyone wants an eraser. The whole idea of a backspace in life is so nice, but the truth of it is that there's very few times where you made a big mistake that you can just get out of it easily and quickly. Well, it, we, yeah, I think uh, it'd be good to point out that there's only one person who can actually redeem us and yeah. heal us and, yeah. and, and, and show mercy. Amen. And, and I think that that's, that's wonderful because the, the consequences, and I, that's a quote, I mean, it's a verse we talked about today in, in my youth group class, but the wage of sin, the wage of sin is death and the gift of God is eternal life. And that is beautiful. That's awesome. And that is really, that's really the, 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 the end result is eternity with the Lord and ser- serving him in the heavens and on earth, the new kingdom, right? That, that's awesome. What a lot of believers also, and people in this world too don't realize too, is that, that God will forgive you. And this actually brings up another good point. God will forgive you of your sins, but there's sometimes your consequences here on earth are still going to sting you, for you a little while. You still have the answer for your responsibility. You, right. Like I, um, I, I know this guy, and we'll just call him Greg, even though he's really Mexican and he has a Mexican name. He's a really cool guy. We'll call him Greg, or we'll call him, uh, we can call him... Um, yeah, we, we'll, we'll call him Sung. It, it's, a, it's a Chinese name, but he's Mexican. But whatever, we'll call, we'll call him Bob. How about that? We'll call him Bob. So I know Bob, right? And he's been out of church for a while. He's been out of church for a while. Bob, true story, got some girl pregnant, and they were together for a while, and they had the kid. The kids been born, whatever. He got his girl pregnant again. Something happened along the lines, and they had a disagreement. He went and got another girl pregnant, like the side chick pregnant. He got her pregnant. He did a Dwayne Wade. Yeah, kind of. Oh. Well, he got he yeah he got her pregnant, right? Well, his his original his wife found out about it. He came to church crying and crying and crying, and he hadn't been in church in years, like years. So I'd pray with him. And I remember speaking, praying this prayer with him. I said, Bob, God is here for you and he will be with you. Never let, leave you or forsake you. It's going to be hard if you want to come back and do things the right way. I know it's going to be hard, but he'll be with you through it. Well, I guess he thought that right after that, making that prayer, going back, his wife was, original wife was going to take him back and let him have a relationship again. Like nothing happened with his kids. Well, that didn't happen. She was like, no, you got that girl pregnant. I'm not going to get back with you. And you know what? I can't, I can't blame her. Hmm. I'm not going to, why should I take you back right away when you didn't value me in the first place? How do I know you're not going to go do it again to me? But so he's, I guess, angry with God because God didn't fix that. Well, God didn't go tell you to go get the other girl pregnant in the first place. Right. So like there, there's consequences of your action. God, yes, God will forgive you. It's just that you've got to man up now and you've got to do the right thing and you've got to figure it out. Take if she's across. Yeah. If she doesn't want to take you back, you still got to pay child support. You still need to. That's, those are your kids. Those right. are your kids now. You, now you've got three kids. Now you've got to work even harder. There's no, there's no quick answer for it. But a lot of these people now, they run from it. The courts have to look for them. Even then, they don't even pay child support. And I heard of a situation where a guy went to the extreme of working at a car wash. He had actually a decent job, but he went to go work at a car wash because then he'd get money under the table and he wouldn't have to report his earnings. Like they'll go to that extreme. They'll say, 
I want to mess up my wife's income, so I'm going to take I'm going to take the fall for this now, and I'm going to just make ends meet and live in a room somewhere just so that way I don't have to take responsibility for my mistakes. Wow. But that's that's the whole mindset of people now is that I don't want I want to I want to file for bankruptcy and or I, I want a, a quit debt solution, and and in life that's they the, want the easy way yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. The easy way out is. Like I told, I told my son, I said, there's very few times where shortcuts are the right way to go. And, and there's shortcut, easy way outs, bailouts, they're all things that we dream of, but it, it, how often does it happen? I mean, there's, there's no such thing as that in real life. Right. In real life. I mean, hard work and dedication and sticking to it are really the only ways to, to, get, to get success. And that's really in any walk. That's in marriage, that's, that's in your spiritual uh, walk, that's in your ministry. That's in, in in raising your kids. There's no short. There are no shortcuts. You have to work at it. Being a parent's work. Being married's work. Being in church's work. Being in ministry is work. It's all rewarding. It all of it is. But hard work. There's no substitution for hard work and sweat and frustration and tears and blood and everything else that we don't want to invest in, but we know we need to. That's what being an adult is too. So it's like, hey, you're an adult now. That's that's part of life. Hard right. work, mm-hmm. blood, sweat, and tears. Get used to it. You know, my my son, the first thing, one of the first things he did in AAU was his coach made them go up a sand dune, and it's like I don't know how many stories high. I think it's like four stories high. And my kid's nine years old, so he in an AAU um, class. They, he made him go up it like three times, up and down, up and down. And there were kids like vomiting because they were so exhausted. And I told my son, I said, if you want to get better, that's going to get you better. That's going to make you a better athlete. And I said, that's the way it is going to be in life too. Sometimes you're going to want to do things the easy way, but the easy way does not, is not going to give you the results you want. Mm-hmm. And that's the way it is with anything. That's, that's what I'm realizing now in life. You know, and I'm thinking about, I really, I really do. I'm, I'm not thinking about. It. I'm going to do. It. I'm going to go back to school at some point to either get my master's or something else. But um, I, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to the challenge because I know that once you put hard work into something, it, something good's going to come out of it. it right. It, it's going to. All things worth doing are difficult. Yeah. Otherwise, we wouldn't do anything. Yeah. We would just sit around and yeah. lollygag. Yeah. Like that's why it's, there's, there's really are so few successful people. Well, that that well, I mean that in 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 any aspect aspect you look at at um at people that have really made a mark in the church or made a mark in in your family. Think about like the people that have really impacted your life, and you're not going to have that many people because quality is hard to find. Like I've had a lot of men, I've had a a, a lot of people that have tried to mentor me or or made a positive impact, but very few have been super impactful and made an actual dent or I should say have made a fingerprint in my life because quality and things that make a difference there really aren't that many people or institutions like it um, and that's the way you know that's that's why it's so powerful to know the Lord because the Lord if you know him and you open up your heart to him he's gonna make an impact and once you feel that love you're never gonna turn away from it well how does it go um, that we can men uh, man or men I forget exactly that you will you will plan and strategize, but oh yeah, but the Lord will guide your path. Um, it's I forget uh, exactly. We can look a it man, up. yeah, a man will something about a man will make his plans, right? Yeah, something like that. 
But that's the Lord, the, the Lord, will, the Lord will, will work out His will or something like that. I think it's something. I think it's in either Psalms or Proverbs. And I think that's that 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 takes everything what you said and puts it, and, you know, filter it through that verse. And it's like you're gonna have to yeah. make a plan because I think it says somewhere else that uh, uh, I forget exactly, but like if you don't have a plan, you will perish. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Well, well, Jesus talks about counting the cost. When about building the temple, when it's talking about how, how, people, if people, if people start, if people start building the temple and they don't have enough to finish the temple, um, right. they haven't counted the cost. And he says people will walk by and ridicule that temple. Mm-hmm. So before you build something, count the costs. I think is what he says. Count the costs, and I think that's true. You have to know what you're going to have to put into something. It's like um, we. We went through the Dave Ramsey um, oh, okay. classes. Yeah. And he talks about having gazelle like intensity. He brought he pulled that out from one of the scriptures and it's like that same idea. You gotta you gotta be you gotta be the per, you gotta be the gazelle that's that's being chased down by a lion that's gonna go a hundred and ten percent because you wanna survive. Yeah. Because that's life. You gotta you gotta go hundred and ten percent to survive. Um which which is like basically you got to keep you got to keep running to like stay in the same place mm-hmm. because otherwise life is the floods are going to come the winds are going to blow yeah and is your life built upon a rock is it is it have you put in the work and are you being are you operating in truth in God's truth otherwise everything will wash yeah it's it's funny cuz sometimes you put in so much hard work and you go to work and you pay for your your stuff and you Take your responsibilities. You're like, man, I had to do just that, just to, I had to do all that just to make sure, just to make sure that I can keep what I have. Like I haven't really even gotten more of anything. I'm just keeping what I have, and it, that's that's really the way life is sometimes. But that's it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just I think it might be going all the way back to the 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 penalty that Adam received from from the Lord that you're gonna have to. From the sweat of your brow, you, you will to soil. toil with the soil, and it will give you it'll give you the fruit from its. Uh, it'll it'll give you the fruit, I guess. And then and see, I think you mentioned about thorns, something there, mm-hmm. there too. Thorns and thistles. Thorns and thistles. So you have to compete or battle against thorns and thistles. So yeah, I think that's it's all biblical. I think God, I know that God's covered it all. Sometimes, like you say, that you go through something and you think of a verse, you're like, oh, that's right. It goes all the way back to that verse and. That was written how many thousands of years ago, and it's still <laughs> as true today as it was when it was written. The power, powerful word of God. No, it's just a myth, guys. That's the. I was gonna, I was gonna bring it up earlier about uh, Joe Rogan. He, he says something to the effect that how can it be applicable to today's um, humans, if you will, because we have science and we have biology and we we know so much more we're so much more knowledgeable that these stories are are silly like why should we believe them anymore he, did he say that or did someone ask that he said he mm-hmm. said something to that effect and i listen to all, i listen yeah. to his podcast all the time but it, it obviously there's there's a problem with what yeah. he's saying but i think it it's a good question mm-hmm. i think it's a good question it, because that's what they believe right and it's good to be skeptical. Atheist, yeah, yeah. skeptic. It, right. It's good to be skeptical uh, to, to a point because you want to be able to, what they say, vet or challenge 
the information you're receiving to know if it's valid or not. Right. So I think that with something like that, you could, Bible says, taste and see the Lord is good. If you try it, you're going to see that it's going to benefit your life. Like, the, there's certain truths that cannot be bent or perverted or can that it can be broken down. It is true. I mean, even going back to what people call the golden rule, treat your neighbor as you would want to be treated. That's something that Jesus said and that every socialist is trying to make their own right now. Right. But that's, that is for us as individuals, by the way, not for governments to do, but it's it's for us to, to live by. I mean... To, so, to take the shirt off your own back. Yeah. And, to tithe yeah, and all those different... Yeah, all those things and, and or being a cheerful giver. People call it karma now. It's, that's not even what karma was. Karma had to do with a previous life but people are like, oh, that's good karma because I did this or did that. Like, no, dork. <laughs> dork. It's, it's, karma is not what you did a week ago. It would be a lifetime ago. Yeah. But that they... they it, the word of God is so applicable that people are just changing the name of the saints now. That's all they're doing. They're just dressing it up and repackaging it. It reminds me of Zoolander. I <laughs> said that Hansel's so hot right now he could, or no, that Mugatu's so hot right now he could get two pieces of of poop and put it in tin foil and sell it to the queen as earrings. Remember? <laughs> That's all. You know, people are just repackage things all the time now, and they're just trying to ca- they counterfeit their own saints. <laughs> True. That was a good cultural like, uh, yeah, it's a application. crossover, crossover yeah. now. Yeah, no, it's true. No, I think the verse going back really quick. The verse you were referring, he was referring to the Proverbs sixteen ninety. Man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Amen. I think um, Monica bought me a watch. She had that uh, uh, ascribed or ascribed. Mm-hmm. Sti- um, how do you say? Inscribed. Inscribed on on the back of it. That's so cool. Yeah, it was awesome. What did you lose it? No, I have it. I oh, have it. you said it was awesome. Yeah. Like, oh, like, I lost my path. <laughs> I was like, oh no, oh no, you lost it. Don't say it. We're going back to sacrifice and and hard work, I think, and Gabe probably remembers better than I do. But I think Peterson says something to the effect of anything that's worthwhile is going to require sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so we're talking um, the greater the reward, the greater the sacrifice. Something to that, yeah, yeah something to that effect, and it's true. And that's why I, you know going back to to politics that's why it's true that you want to be and that's just politics I guess is life in general but you want to be principled and you want to have an understanding that okay if this is what we're going to do there's a there's a reason behind it there's a meaning there's mm-hmm. something meaningful behind this whether that's raising a family you know starting a family starting a, a business but that's going to fly in the face right of what mm-hmm. we're hearing the voice that we're hearing today it's it's you know well we can do it better if the government was in charge, or yeah, or we can do it better, you know, to like Gabriel, like you were saying, equity. Like it's going to happen once the billionaires play their fair share, right? <laughs> All the time. I, I I just I think that was important to differentiate because I when they talk about like equality, I get you know what I mean. Like we want to we want to yeah, the discrimination and and racism, and we want to be able to provide a level playing field. As best as possible. It's not. It's not always. It's not ever gonna get to that point. But we can strive for that. I get that. Where where equity comes in, it's more of equal outcome. We want everyone to have the same amount of resources and the same health care and the same this and that. That's called communism, of course. But you know they don't. They won't say that. Mm-hmm. They'll say this is this is good. We're 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 righteous in uh, stealing others' resources to provide to the needy. Yeah. 
when we know in scripture it's it's supposed to be voluntarily yeah. given, not by demand. Yeah. Because then, yeah, I was just thinking about that. If if we are forced to give, we just become Cain. We become bitter. We become resentful. We become angry with if we see an Abel and we say, "Well, how come he has it so good? Why is he happy? I'm not happy." You know, but but it's it's that there's definitely something to it with gratitude and and being generous. Mm-hmm. I think it does kind of it hits the reset button on what we're doing and, and, and it does right like the, yeah. the idea of a tithe like yeah it does. it's it's funny because like the i was just thinking about this but like you know the word of god says that give and it shall be given unto you it's so true like hmm. this last few weeks it's been like even as deep in my life like it's been weird like um i give a testimony at church but i i still have to give it but i was gonna give it with my tax refund the bible says you know that the, the god loves a cheerful giver well we were picking up uh offerings because our church is trying to finalize the construction of the building in front and it's awesome to see how it's all coming together, right? But uh, we needed thirty thousand dollars more to finish the, the construction on the on the temple. So I, my wife and I said, okay, well, maybe we can't give a thousand, but we'll give five hundred. That was a, the next level of giving. So we pledged five hundred. Well, I the, the day after I gave that, or I gave that pledge, and I'm going to give it in Jesus' name in the next few weeks. Um, I got a, a letter in the mail saying that my employer was selling a, selling a class action lawsuit, and I was getting eight hundred in the mail. And I was like, wow, like I wasn't even counting that money. And then like I I've, 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 I gave another offering and I found out that um, some repairs I was getting ready to pay for my car were all covered under a, a Toyota program. Wow. And then even like today, I gave $10, um, and it's nothing even big, right? I gave $10 to the, the, uh, the missionaries uh, service today because that's the money that I had left over for my tithe. And I was like, I'm gonna give that money, right? Well, I go to Lucille's and they they said, "Oh, we actually are, we're giving you one entree free," and I was like, well, "That's crazy!" Like I, I was in every time that I've been giving to God, God's been giving me a little bit more back. I don't, I don't, I, I, there's no other way to explain it. Like, Do you drive a Toyota? I, I, <laughs> Asking I, the real question. I right? actually, yeah, I drive a Toyota. I I, I work for a Toyota, and uh, I well, one of my cars I don't have to I don't have to worry about service for because it's covered under my my employer's lease program. But the other car is my old little, I don't want to call it a beater. I just say it's a workhorse car. It's a, a little Scion X, XD. And that's great on gas mileage, and that's why I drive it, and it's been really reliable. But that was a car that I was, I was thinking I was going to pay money for because I was, there was a burning smell coming from it. And it turned out that was a consumer, cons, what does it call it? Uh, a customer <laughs> assistance program. It wasn't even, it's like it was a recall. There's a customer uh, assistance programs where it's like a recall, but it's not directly related to safety. Wow. So it the, the 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 power window master switch had burnt in my car, and I thought something bad was going on with it. But I noticed the windows weren't working, and that repair would have costed me like over eight hundred nine dollars. Wow. They wanted fixing that, fixing something with my seat, and fixing the intake manifold. I didn't know whether something was wrong with it because there was another program for that, and it was all free. And I was like, "Wow, God, you really do." provide like it's it's amazing god is so good so you're like that seinfeld episode yeah even where, steven where jerry jerry keeps finding a 20 dollar bill and his jacket <laughs> yeah when he gives elaine got money and threw it out the window yeah. and he put his jacket on he found 20 dollars <laughs> yeah it, it's it's like that but it's even even greater even greater so for the yeah god is really is good i think what's cool about like we you know in my journey to to faith and the tithing and yeah. the the more you give or once you start with that tithe and and then you give on top of that, like the more you realize, 
the the fact the sooner you realize that the more that you had to give yeah like you realize you have more resources than you think that's true that is true you're just like wow like i could have been doing so much good with this money yeah and it's like uh you know if you have open hand you can exchange money back and forth mm-hmm. with open hand but if you have a clenched hand you can't receive that's true money back that so if you're able to open your hand up and, and yeah. give then you can receive in that same like you were talking about right yeah the food uh, at Lucille's yeah. bomb, by the way. Yeah, bomb food. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Can we get a sponsorship or what? Lucille's. I don't know who she is, but shout out to Lucille. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. That's. I yeah. think it's. It shows. It goes to show that when we are operating in faith, that we can receive um, those God's good grace. You yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah, you get, man. You, know, you get more than what you could have thought of. Yeah. Alone. Yeah. It. It really is amazing. It's. It's um, and so I think who said said it? it was a Rick Warren that said you can't I'll give God, it's impossible mm-hmm. I'll give God you always mm-hmm. give God give it to God and God will always give you more. But let's, it, let's ask uh, the one question that people always love to ask: If God is so good and omnipotent, all knowing, all all loving God, yeah. then why does God allow evil things to happen in the world? Oh, that's actually another Rick Warren lesson. <laughs> I always I heard Rick Warren talking about this one day, and I was like, oh, it all makes sense. So it all comes down to, and there was this Indian brother too that had a bomb preaching about this. From Indiana? In, no, I, right? Oh, that kind of Indian? Yeah. He's a, he's a, 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 a redneck he's a brother. But he's talking about how it always goes back to free will. And free will is such a double-edged sword. Man has made such a mess out of what God entrusted him with in this world that, that we live in and it all goes back to sin and you can trace evil and wickedness and perversion all back to sin and the moment man decided to turn away from God God allowed him to reap his rewards in whatever shape way shape or form that was if it's in uh, things like birth defects or 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 pollution or if it's broken down families that's a re- direct result of man disobeying God and saying, I'm not going to follow the instructions that you gave me. I'm not going to follow the words that you etched on my heart. I'm not going to follow anything you gave me. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do what I want to with it. And sin has amplified over the years, and now we're seeing it in so many different ways. So now when we say that life isn't fair, well, yeah, life isn't fair, but at least, but I shouldn't even say at least, but we're, we are so blessed to know that God is there for us. And I think it's interesting that the way people phrase it now, if God is so good, why does he allow me to blank, blank, blank? What do we deserve? Right. What do we really deserve? If we look back at our, I call, I call it our debt bill, like when you rack up debt with your credit card of sin, right? When you look at your debt bill, all the way going back to when you were, Whatever your original sin was, you realize that every single one of us, me included, we've all done terrible things. So what do we really deserve? Look at the way that question is phrased to us Christians a lot of times. We don't deserve anything good. So the fact that we have anything good points to how good God is and not how good we are. So God doesn't owe me anything. The fact that he came and he gave his life for us and he went on the cross and he died for our sins and he willingly stayed on that cross the Bible says because he could have called an angel, an, a legion of angels to come and consume all those that opposed him in this whole world he stayed on that cross because I believe he was paying for every single person's sins whether they received it or his forgiveness or not 
the fact that he did that shows us how awesome and wonderful and gracious and loving and kind God is. So we don't really deserve anything. We don't deserve anything from God, but but when when we receive God's mercy and God's grace, even when we live in a broken world, we can still rejoice and still have peace and still have joy and still have hope for tomorrow. So yeah, our world isn't going to ever seem like it's right, but when we're in God's love, nothing can really be better. You know what that? You know, like the, yeah. I guess that's the best way I can phrase it, is that God. It, once you try God, you realize that you've fallen so short, and yet He's so good. And even though things aren't perfect right now, I can rest in His love and His mercy. Yeah, you mentioned uh, my uh, burden is light, and, or is it? Uh, oh, my yoke take, is easy. My yoke upon you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly yeah. Yeah, it it's it's so true. Like he he um, he gives us so many promises, and I I've been telling my youth class we've been going through the New Testament that there are there are so many promises in the Word of God that that we just overlook sometimes. Like we're we're reading today in the Book of Ephesians and how how um, Paul is talking to the book of, of to the, the church in Ephesus about how his prayers for them are that their eyes would be open to the wisdom, revelation, and the power of God. And I was telling them, raise your hand if you feel like you've got all those things working for you. You've got revelation, you've got wisdom, you've got power, raise your hand. And some of them were like, well, I feel like I have here and there. And I said, why is it? Is it that God doesn't want you to have it? Or is it because that you haven't trusted in God yet for that? Hmm. There is so much in that book for us that we don't even realize it because our eyes haven't been open to it. But spiritualized. Yeah, and we don't, sometimes we're like, oh, what's my ministry? Or what does God want me to do? Who's God want me, want me to marry? You would know that if you were, not all the time right away, but you would have a lot fewer questions if you just sought the Lord in prayer, got in His Word, and started working. People are waiting for the right position in church. Go help out any way you can. Go clean the toilets. I mean, I, I, I did that for a little while when no one else in youth group wanted to do it when I was single and and I wasn't really dedicated in the ministry full, you know, full time. I did that, and I actually enjoyed it because there, I think the Holy Spirit just gives us another level of joy and, and peace in those moments when we're serving and we're getting involved. And the, there's there are so many needs in church that I think that people people overlook, and yet there's so few people that are actually always involved. People like going to services critiquing it and then going home and then critiquing it some more or like not all those people are like that but they're like oh well I could do this or I could do that well and I asked a young person that one time well, we have so many things that we we have a lot of things I wish we could do and I told I told him okay well just mention one and mention and tell me what you're going to do about it like if you say that we need to have more community events and one girl told me this tell me what you want to do about it and I'll support you I, I by the grace of God I'm involved in a lot of stuff but tell me what you want to do, because that's what it gets to. If you're gonna if you're gonna criticize or you're gonna say that we need this, tell me how you're gonna contribute, because that's what I really want to know. Not not really to call them out on it, but just to get them to open up and say, oh, I can do more too, right? right. So like everyone has a ministry and everyone should have a part in the work of the Lord, but there's just a, a lot of spiritual blindness, and I can be like that too. But there's just a lot of spiritual blindness because. We're, we're derelict in our duties. We're not doing what we need to be doing as a believer. And it's something that I'm, I'm realizing more and more that, there, that there's a whole lot of Christians, but, but we're all imperfect in some way. Because as Paul says, it's, it's God's will until we grow up into the fullness of his measure. 
so that means that <laughs> that's impossible on earth. We're never going to grow up to the fullness of his measure here on earth. So we're going to have to, we've got a lot of work to do than just to even start building up. So it tells me that I've got to mature in a lot more ways, right? So it's just, yeah, the word of God is powerful. Yeah, definitely, to me anyway, brings to mind how he says that um, we ought to abide. We ought to abide in Christ because mm-hmm. there's so many blessings, there's so many riches in him now, like you're saying, like in him now that we just overlook or we take for granted or we don't really like question, you know. Like what is it, like if we really want to do things that are going to honor God or please God, Whenever we're going to make a decision, whether it's big or small, that has to come into the frame of mind. Yeah. What does the word of God say? Yeah. What is God? What is God speaking to you in your life mm-hmm. at that point? And what is He saying? Because He's always speaking. He's always. Yeah. Whether we're listening or not. Yeah. Right. It's uh. When we say um. We ask the Lord if this is of you, and then we wait for those two, three witnesses. Then we know we need to move forward. We have to make a decision at that point. Are we going to listen to to God or are we not? And that's that's been an interesting journey for me and trying to, like, thinking back to kind of tying in the conversation earlier about politics and tying in, you know, what we're trying to accomplish through this podcast and the conversations we're trying to have because there's obviously real ramifications for for saying what we're saying and believing what we believe. Because there's people out there that are ready to shout down and destroy, mm-hmm. and it's it's like you know we're up against the evil that's in the world, and that can you can either run and hide from it, or you can stand up, encourage, and like you said, abide in him and him and and us, and and have and put on the full armor of of God and move forward and not have fear. What is it? Uh, I don't have fear the shadow of death, you mm-hmm. know, and because you're with me, yeah, yeah, because you're with me, and I think that for me has been the biggest transition is knowing that like you hear it, you know, you hear it in our workplaces, you hear it in family and friends, and it's like there's hostility, and that can be frightening, but you gotta move forward. We all have to pick a side. We have to make a decision, yep. And we have to decide, are we going to abide by truth or are we going to abide by the lie? Amen. What is that? What is what? Is that the... Uh, that's the cue? Is that the, is that the plane that's getting... I cannot stand flying. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> that freaks me out. I'm not afraid of flying. I'm afraid of falling. Yeah. It's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, I've heard that before. Uh, <laughs> freaks me out. Anyways... Stephen, let's come in for a landing. Yes, sir. As we hear the plane landing in John. Oh, that was good cue. Look at that. That was amazing. That was perfect timing. <laughs> yeah, I, that, I thought I thought you had supersonic hearing or something. <laughs> Sonic boom, boom. That was awesome. No, but thank you for joining us. Thank you, Stephen. Yes, sir, guys. Our yes, sirs, guys. Sirs. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. So, so we appreciate your time. Yeah, of course. So when you guys have a when you guys have a celebrity on here. Let me know we so just I can did. get their autograph. Oh, what? <laughs> what? Pancho Villa? <laughs> it's in the house. Um, 
He's been uh, redeemed. Hey, let me know when George comes on here. That's going to be a fun podcast. About, we get George on there? About, yeah. about shanking Santaneros and stuff. E. Shanking Trump. <laughs> yeah. Oh, That'd yeah. be interesting. Yeah. That'd be fun, honestly. I don't know if he's down. If he's down to get down. No, you're speaking his language. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I can I can get down with the get down. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Por ahí. Fierro. I can do it. Let's do it. I can change it up, switch it up. Let's do it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Appreciate it, Steven. Thank this you, was guys. Fun, honestly. Yeah, a lot of fun. This is really cool. Well, we all uh, had a good time here at the crossroads, and it's time for us to part ways, but we will meet again. Good night. Good night, everyone. Good night, guys. You are listening to Gabriel and Lee at the Crossroads.